nothing. The words that you speak are spirit and they are life. Bring forth your word of power through which creation was created. Bring forth your word of power through which healing is mediated. Bring forth your word of power through which life is ignited. And bring to pass, mighty God, the wonders of your creation, that we, the bearers of the good news, may step in confidence into various cultures unto which you send us. Prepare us that as we go forth, we will know who we are, and we may go forth in power and in glory as your messengers of good news. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, amen. The theme for the teaching is, Who Am I? This teaching today is a continuation of the teaching I began, I began two Sundays ago, which was the world of cultures, reaching the world of cultures. Today, the theme, Who Am I? is a continuation of that teaching. The question of who am I is also a question of culture and a question of identity. This question, I'm very sure every one of us has at some time in your life asked yourself that question, who am I? It may have been a well-framed question as it sounds, who am I? Or it was implied by such feelings like, am I sure of who I am or what is going on? Or a feeling of being lost or a feeling of needing to rediscover yourself. But besides you asking yourself this question or it occurring to your mind, I am also very sure that you have asked this question in different ways or you have been asked the question in different ways by verbal communication or by means of writing, feeling certain forms. And this is what I mean. I am persuaded that all of us here in one way or the other have had expressions like, who am I? Who are you? What is your name? Where do you come from? Whose child are you? Where do you live? Where do you work? How old are you? What is your sex? Or what was the sex of the baby? Was it a boy or a girl? Where did you school? What is your qualification? Are you married or single? Do you have children? What is your immigration status? These are questions that I call defining questions. These questions, when you fill them in forms, answer them in forms, speak them verbally in your, in your social interactions, or however these questions are utilized or engaged. These questions bother on one particular thing. Who are you? Or who am I? My business today is to tease out certain pieces of this teaching 
because of the obvious interruptions of technology, so I can save you some stress and at least put your mind in a place as the beginning point of this conversation, which I will continue by the next teaching I will come on the line to teach. But I wanted to take this teaching very important. Because every one of us who have been sojourning, who have come from Africa, come from the Caribbean, or have gone to various parts of the world, even Africans in the African soil are grappling today with the question of identity. Who am I? This question, children ask this question. Women ask this question. Adults ask this question. Men ask this question. And they are at the core of your being. And they can make or mar you depending on how you answer the question. So the question of identity has become very critical because of the intrusion of technology in the private lives of people. But also because of the crisis events like the pandemic, like certain diseases, terminal diseases, like some crisis of life, the death of a husband, the death of a wife, the death of a child, the loss of a job, the struggles to get a job, the scrutinies of interviews, the check-ins that are checked as people are traveling, boarding from one point of commuting to another, flying from one country to another, moving from one place to another, seeking new employment, seeking to get into structures of human life. These questions go with us. These questions stare into our faces. I was traveling one day and I flew through Atlanta and at the airport I met a sister. I call her a sister because she's an African lady. And right as I stood at in front of the counter trying to make inquiries and to establish when uh, the gate, where the gates of my next flight, my connecting flight was going to be, she asked me uh, a question. Uh, who are you? And before I could answer the question, she said, where are you from? So I, I, I went on with a question and told her where I was from. And as she looked at me, she said, Oh, you have an accent. You have an accent. And this was a lady that was a sister looking at me, and I thought she was going to ask me a friendly question or a sisterly question or a brotherly question. And what she was asking me was, where are you from? I thought she was going to be excited in telling her where I was from, but she even forgot to think about where I came from. She only gave me a summary judgment. You have an accent. And that was how she looked at me. And the way her eyes looked at me, she looked at me disdainfully and just turned to the side and walked away. And there I stood. And I said, wow, this is supposed to be a beloved sister. And she only asked me where I come from. And her verdict was, I have an accent. I smiled away. My smile was also an interpretation and a resolution of the crisis she has placed me into. 
It was a crisis of identity, a crisis of defining who I am by the words that came out of my mouth and the sound of those words and the way I sounded to her ears. And friends, my take on that conversation was that she derided me and felt I was not good enough. She was better off than me. And how did I interpret that? It's the way she looked at me and the way she, sent, she said it and the way she walked away. This may be a familiar experience for some of you on the line. And I'm so conscious of the fact that this teaching is primarily meant for an African audience be it Africa, Africa, African-American, African-Caribbean, and any other child of God who has preferred to join us today, please bear with me as I share this conversation with you with a strong bias onto an African inclination. Because I want to do justice in a fair way. In a situation I have perhaps 99% of Africans in their various expressions listening to me, I will be unfair to digress and look at the percentage of perhaps our guest worshippers worshipping with us. But I want to say up front to you that I love you and you are greatly appreciated to have joined us in this worship. There is a place for you. But today we will define certain things related to identity so that you can feel a more secure space than you interact with us as a brother or as a sister in Christ. So this message is not exclusivist. It is inclusive, but beginning from the defining of, of self to be able to move on to the place of integration where everyone can here have a seat on the table, a prestigious seat for that matter, as one that is a part of the family in every length and depth and breadth of that consideration. So for that thesis, I want to raise uh, the fact of the crisis of identity. Everyone who is a sojourner, everyone who has moved from his immediate environment will at some time or somehow experience an identity crisis. What sometimes we call cultural shocks. Oh, I didn't know this is how they do it. I didn't know this is how it's supposed to be done. Wow, is this how they do it? Is this how they speak? Is this how they eat? Is this how they dress? Is this how they look like? Is this how they interact? Friends, we've got children going through the crisis of identity. In the midst of transgender discussions, in the midst of homosexual interactions in society, society has become free today. And identity issues sometimes at the core of certain suicidal thoughts and engagements. Sometimes they are at the root of the crisis in marriage. And sometimes they are the root of this interest in life, going to a particular job or changing jobs or moving from one city to another. So when we have an elephant in the room, for what reason should we chase around and look for the rats that don't really count? when the elephant's presence is so important. Stay with me to talk about who am I? Who are you? 
Sometimes people who ask the question, who am I, are typically, as I said, struggling with their identity and are searching for a core sense of themselves. But the irony also, friends, is that the more you seek to identify who you are, the more fragile you are likely to feel about yourself. There may also be an inverse correlation between the question being asked and the ease with which you experience your life. The emphasis should be on discovering who you are. And in fact, it shouldn't be, what I mean is the emphasis should not be actually on discovering who you are, what is buried underneath you, but it should rather be on facilitating the emergence of what you would like to experience. So the point I'm emphasizing is that whereas the question is who am I, that's an important question. It should be a question that should be able to move you beyond just who am I onto bringing you to the place that it will facilitate the emergence of what you would like to experience. When you come to the place of being locked into a space, onto the place of choosing the options that are valuable to you for the purpose of stabilizing yourself to experience life in a more meaningful way. Are you a wife dissatisfied with your union? You may be asking the question, am I sure I'm good enough for this man? Or maybe I've become useless to him. Are you a man struggling in your marriage? The question may be, am I sure I can make this marriage work? Or my marriage is headed for the oblivion? Do I have what it takes? Is this woman still in love with me? Does she still care about me? Are you elderly in age? Are you beginning to feel that you're useless in the society? Are you physically challenged? And you're questioning yourself. What do I need to do to be more acceptable, to show to people that I'm still more alive and I cannot be relegated? I should not be thrown into the trash can. I'm still a human being. Are you a widow? And you're asking yourself, now that my husband is no more alive. How does society look at me? Are his friends no longer calling? Are members of the family no longer interested? Are you a single lady? And are you asking yourself the question, I don't have a husband. How do people look at me when I greet married people, when I greet married men, when I move into the circle of people, talking as families, who am I? How do I feel the experience? Are you one that is divorced? When your partner quitted the relationship, are you crumbling? Are you melting down? Were you wealthy some time ago? You lost your wealth? And how do you feel life now? Were you an object of attention and attraction in your family because of the means that you had? And today, nobody cares to call you. And what does that mean to you? Are you a member of the First Grand Church of Eddington? And because you speak another language, you feel somehow excluded and not accepted into the core of the group. Are you trying to seek for attention in your own interpretation, legitimately so? But that attention seems to be denied you because of the color of your skin, because of your nationality, 
because of what you have or what you do not have? These questions, friends, are teasers I'm raising to you to provoke your thinking and perhaps sometimes to make you even feel more sorry for yourself. But I am doing this not to destroy you. I want to jolt you again to a thinking mode and to prepare yourself because I will propose to you certain things that I believe will make me a better person by the coming Sunday. Are you in tears? I trust the Lord that you will smile again by next Sunday. I trust that again. You can find yourself and find ways and means of becoming something better from what you have ever been before. And that the crisis of your life today will be redefined for you to be stronger, to embrace life, and to accept yourself in a more profound and meaningful way. Jesus asked his disciples, Who do men say the Son of Man is? And of all the bunch of the people with him, only one person said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus retorted and said, Peter, you are correct, but no human being would have fathomed this out. Only by revelation would you have known this. And upon this confession, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall never prevail. This house will not fall. You cannot be destroyed. You have an identity which in the divine economy, you are a messiah. You are a long-awaited one. And no obstructions of life, including these painful speeches of you have an accent, or somebody saying you are black, or you are not tall enough, or you are too skinny, or you are too big, or you are an invalid, or you have nothing to show for who you ought to show to be a man. You are not a man. Friends, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Bow your heads to pray with me. My Father, I want to bless you for everyone that has heard the sound of my voice. Everyone that your word has come to such this morning. Grant that these words will stay with them. And that in the moments of reflection, they may be thankful to you. That in the moments of their crisis, a word is coming from you. A word of power, a word of comfort, a word of transformation. A word that can all shut them onto a more beautiful state. Thank you for what you have done. Glory and praise belong to you forevermore. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.